0: Hey there, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com. Welcome back to another episode of the John Morris show. Hopefully you had a Merry Christmas if you're someone who who celebrates Christmas. Had a pretty good uh pretty good time around here. My son Jance who actually is right behind me as we're recording this got himself an Xbox One so he was he was pretty excited. It was like the one thing all he was very consistent. One all year, he didn't want anything else. He wanted an Xbox One, and he's he's been a really really good kid this year. So we decided to get it for him. So he's pretty excited. Although he wasn't uh, too uh, <laughs> he he wasn't too impressed with all the setup that you gotta do when you get something like that. So he was a little annoyed yesterday, but. I think we made it through. Anyway, this episode we're going to get into what object-oriented programming is not. And this comes up in particular uh obviously you you may know I've just released an object-oriented programming course and in in the process of creating that I was interacting with, you know, some of the people in my audience and asking questions. You may have seen that about you know what what confuses them about object-oriented programming and so forth. And in those conversations, one of the things that became clear to me is just certain misconceptions I think that people have that I think are pretty common and things that I know that when I started uh, getting into object-oriented programming that I had to, they were misconceptions and mistakes that I was making. And I think it's in particular if you come in to web development and you learn procedural code first because... I don't know, you know, it's hard for me to understand new people these days and, and what they come into because the object-oriented programming is really stressed from from the beginning. So that may be something they learn right off the bat. But if you were like me and you learned procedural code first, in particular in that scenario, switching over to object-oriented programming, you can really f- kind of fall into these traps. So I want to talk about those traps Clear up that that confusion, and then we'll get into a little bit about what it actually is, and what you need to focus on more than just sort of writing the code itself. Before I do that, I want to also, of course, encourage you to head on over to store.johnmorrisonline.com. I've got tons of training over there for to help you uh, along your path learning how to code. As I mentioned, I just released released an object oriented programming course. I've also got a full PHP course, Upwork course, login script course, and I've got bundles available where you can get multiple courses at once, and you can use the coupon code JMO at checkout to get 20% off any anything over there on the store. So I want to encourage you to do that. Get the training you need, but also help support the show so I can continue to do this kind of thing for you. Again, that's store.johnmorrisonline.com. Also, as I mentioned in the last episode, I believe the podcast is now also available on TuneIn. So if you have the TuneIn app, you'll be able to find the show there. Alexa, at some point, should start recognizing that the show's on TuneIn. So you could be able to listen to it on your Amazon Alexa if you want as well. And any other devices that that leverage TuneIn for their shows. All right, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and get into this. So and I've I've made this argument... Sort of several times in the past, but the big, the first big thing that I want to get across to you here is that object oriented programming is more than knowing how to write a class. It's, you know, Wikipedia, if you look at ob- uh, object oriented programming there, they call it a paradigm. Uh, tech Target uses the word model. I call it uh, an approach, but the m- main point is that it's an approach to application building. So object-oriented programming is not so much about how you write your code. It's more about how you build your applications. Now, that might not make sense at first, but it's an important distinction. So what I want to do is go through kind of these three three big misconceptions related to that and, and then talk about what it actually is. So as I kind of alluded to, object-oriented programming is not a class. So a lot of times what I see is developers will take a set of procedural functions that they already have and they'll simply, simply copy and paste those inside of a class and then say, okay, well, that's object-oriented programming. It That really isn't object-oriented programming. What that is is namespacing. And that's fine, but you'd be better off actually using namespaces if you want to do that. And the reason it's really just namespacing is is because all you're actually doing a class really ultimately is a a form a, a sort of namespace, a form of of namespace. It's not that's not a hundred percent purely true, but in a way it functions like one. And so if you're not writing your code from the very beginning and thinking about your application from the very beginning to be object oriented, Uh, object oriented, and all you're doing is taking code that was uh, written in a procedural approach and dropping it into a class. I mean, technically it's an object, but that's not really in the true spirit of what object oriented programming is. And so again, I think you'd just be better off using actual namespaces because the syntax is actually a little bit simpler because you can just put the namespace declaration right at the top. So it would be easier to update your existing procedural code. And you'd also be using the right tool for the right job, in my opinion. You'd be using a namespace to namespace. All right, so the next thing is object-oriented programming is not static. So, again, one thing that I see people do, again, is they take their procedural functions and they drop them into a class and then they make them all static. Now, this is really the same mistake as as before as the first thing it's just more fancy looking and the reason that you would do this if you just kind of think about it mindset wise the reason someone would do this is so that they could put all their stuff into a class and and have it kind of look like object-oriented programming but still be able to call their functions in a more procedural way but not have to mess with all the instantiating nonsense so again this is really just namespacing and and namespacing in a maybe a little bit you know fancier way uh but so so again if you're just going to namespace you might as well just use the actual namespace uh keyword to do that now there are proper uses of static uh the static keyword in object oriented programming but they're probably a lot more rare than you might think so if all or most of your class methods are static then that's not really object-oriented programming. The third thing, then, is that object-oriented programming is not MVC. Now, this will probably ruffle a few feathers, but object-oriented programming and MVC are, in fact, two different things. Object-oriented programming, as I mentioned, is an approach or a model or a paradigm to application building. MVC is one of many application design patterns that employs OOP principles. So you can do object-oriented programming without MVC. Now, I bring this up because MVC's popularity, which it's popular for good reason. It is a good design pattern. But its popularity tends to make people think that that's all there is, that if you're going to do object-oriented programming, you have to do MVC. But there are plenty of other good patterns out there that still employ object-oriented programming principles. And there's some of them that I actually prefer to MVC. Now, in my object-oriented programming course uh, at johnmorrisonline.com slash OOP, I do show you MVC. So we have an MVC primer. I have an MVC primer in there. So I show you that that design pattern. But I also show you another design pattern that I personally like better. And the reason that I do that is to challenge you to think about object-oriented programming and programming in general in a different way, in different ways, and ultimately develop what works for you. What I don't want is you to just follow what everyone else is doing and and just do it because that's what everyone else is doing. If you're going to do MVC, do it because you really get MVC and you believe that it is the best design pattern and it fits well with how you want to build your applications and all that, not just because you know some know it all on a forum said you, you, if you don't use mvc you're a noob right so i want you to think about it in 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 different ways and and you know become someone who who is is willing to go different places mentally because that ultimately is going to lead to you being more of a leader in the industry and not just a not a follower, and that I really am focused on creating leaders, people who are the ones that create the next big design pattern or framework or application, not just sort of follow what everyone else is doing on top of that, if we want to get technical, there's a lot of frameworks, especially in the PHP space, that employ MVC principles that are actually using a distorted form of MVC. So that's something we can maybe talk about a little bit later, but if you want to get really technical about it, a lot of what you're going to see isn't actually true MVC. It's a it's a sort of, uh, they've taken the idea of MVC and sort of altered it a little bit. Not to say that that pattern isn't, what they're doing isn't good. I understand why they're doing it and there's reasons for doing it, but if again, it's not really technically true MVC. All right, so with all that, then let's talk about what object-oriented programming actually is. And to sort of reiterate what I was saying at the beginning, it's an entire rethinking of how you build your applications. Procedural coding tends to focus on the processes over the data. So we think of what we need to do first. So we need to process this form or edit this, this blog post, and it's those processes that tend to drive the application design. So when we're making choices about how we're going to build our application, we're thinking in a process-oriented way, and so that are all of our decisions tend to uh, tend to be driven by that standard or that focus. With object-oriented programming, it's different because it focuses on the data first. So instead of breaking your applications down into processes you break them down into objects. And I want to one of the confusing things that I want to try and hopefully make clear here is when when I'm saying objects in this sense, I'm not talking about the technical term of uh, that we would think when you're talking about object oriented programming. I'm not talking about an object that you instantiate from a class. When I say break it down into objects, I'm talking objects in the general sense. Like a, a phone is an object or a remote Is an object. These things are literal objects in the real world, and you're building your application in that way by focusing on objects first. So, what we're ultimately doing is building applications in the same way that we view the world in real life. If you look around you right now, what you're going to see is not a bunch of processes. What what is immediately available to you and what you immediately focus on are the objects so you see the computer screen you see the keyboard you see the mouse you see the desk you're not seeing a bunch of processes you have to actually get yourself to to think about processes you have to consciously say hey let me think about processes you don't have to consciously think about objects they're just immediately you're immediately aware of them so object oriented programming is more in line with how you naturally see the world and how your end users naturally see the world So, when we break, for example, if we break down a CMS, we what we see when we immediately look at a CMS, or what you you probably think of, are the objects, post, category, tag, author, comment. Those are the things that define and make a CMS what it is. What's different? What makes a CMS or a blog different from, say, an e-commerce site, is a a CMS has blog posts. Right, whereas e a, a e-commerce site has products, so it's the ultimately. If you look at the data for those two things, they're actually going to be very, very similar. You're going to have a name of the blog post, the name of the product. You're going to have a description. You know, a, a product will have a price, whereas a blog post won't necessarily have that. Uh, a blog post will have an author, and but if you look at what what we're talking about, it's all about the data. The data is what makes them different. Different things. Not do you can edit both of them, you can create both of them, you can delete both of them, you can update both of them. The processes aren't what really make them different, it's the data. And that's what object oriented programming is thinking about the data model first. Then you can write the code to create, read, update, and delete for every object. So, again, that's the distinction I want to hopefully drive home for you. Now, at this point, you might be feeling like I'm ragging on you a bit if you've done any of this stuff or made any of these mistakes. I want to make clear that's not my intent because I did all the same stuff. And probably anyone who's made the switch from procedural to object oriented programming has done that same stuff. I think, and I think the reason why is coders are more likely to think in process we're we're more apt to do that than maybe you know you're just your regular non-technical person and so once you get into that and you learn how to code that way it can be difficult to break out of that but ultimately for large complex applications object-oriented programming is a better way to build it because it's again it fits more naturally fits better with how you naturally think so it's easier for you to just think about your applications in an object-oriented way your code is often more organized as a result of that and maybe the biggest thing is it's more in line with how your end user sees your application so you're actually building from the same sort of perspective as your as how your end user is going to see your application and I think that's important I think that gives you a little bit better sense of how they're going to relate to it, and then ultimately how you need to build it so it naturally makes sense to them as well. So that's, again, that's the big picture of what object-oriented programming is not and what it is and the mind sh- mindset that's different or the approach that's different. So hopefully that gives you some insight into how you can sort of make that shift into thinking in an object oriented way and the big thing I want you to get is it's it's more than just writing a class it's a it's a complete completely different approach to application building and really it's I mean I think it's the thing that separates really professional developers from you know people who, who haven't really reached that level yet because uh, it's just a more sophisticated way of of building your applications now of course if you'd like to dive into all of this more and you'd actually like to master object oriented programming in PHP then my object oriented programming course is going to help you to do that i'm going to you know clear up all the confusing surrounding object oriented programming i'm going to show you all the technical stuff like writing classes and inheritance and constructors and namespaces and interfaces and all that sort of stuff but more importantly i want to show i'm going to show you how to build professional php PHP applications using object-oriented programming, because ultimately that's the point. The point is to build applications with it. So again, if you'd like to learn more about that, you can go to johnmorrisonline.com slash OOP and see all the details of the course there. All right, that'll do it for this episode. If you liked the episode, I would appreciate if you'd share it with someone who you think could use this insight into object-oriented programming. Uh, I would Again, I'd greatly appreciate that. Also, if you want to see all the past episodes, get all the subscribe links for Android, iTunes, tune in, all that sort of thing, you can go to com, And if you want module one of my PHP 101 course for free, then click on the start here link over at johnmorrisshow.com. And it'll walk you through the process if you leave me an honest review over on iTunes then I will give you module one of my PHP 101 course. So again, all those details, johnmoreshow.com, just click on the start here link. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.